translucency uh, is has kind of been co-opted as the phrase that is used for being for running our mouths about other people's issues being quote unquote transparent but not about my stuff about somebody else's stuff which of course is just a modern day version of gossip there were things being passed along that were actually uh, private and um, potentially damaging to those other people and it wasn't so much about prayer it was more about gossip we have to take seriously that god hates hates and it is an abomination to him when we are running our mouths about other people. The church should be a place that people think of coming to when they really need to unburden themselves. We have many people coming in with smiles plastered on their faces who inwardly are deeply hurting, inwardly are dealing with uh, tremendous addictions, tremendous struggles, and we need to become a, a place where they can, they can find help and support where they have enough trust that they feel like I can open up and share with somebody. I just want to encourage you to become part of the solution, to become the kind of person that you want others to be for you. Friends, thank you for joining us for our Love and Truth Network podcast. Whether you're joining us through Love and Truth Network or through a connection with Transforming Congregations, we are so happy that you're here. This is the start of a new year. So here we are in the beginning of January 2024. And I don't have an actual interview that I'm going to be sharing with you today. But I just want to share a little bit from my heart. I want to talk with you about some things that are weighing on my mind. And um, I do have, and I'm excited to let you know that we have a number of people that we're reaching out to that we're excited to introduce to you uh, in future interviews and discussions that I so enjoy having with a wide you know, range of people. And I think you'll be enjoying them as well. But today, I just wanted to share a little bit with you about the concept or the idea as we start the new year, some things that have been on my mind for myself personally, for my family, my boys and I and Melissa and I have been talking about as a family as well. And there was a, a verse that I heard just yesterday and uh, a concept around the idea of, again, becoming the kind of person that we desire others to be to us and giving to others the way that we would have them uh, give to us. I mean, the golden rule, really. And the concept also of what does it mean to maintain someone's confidentiality? I think that there's such an issue in the church, and I oftentimes talk about this, that while we talk a lot about the need for the church to become a safe haven, to be a place where people can share anything and everything that they're wrestling with, struggling with, that doesn't mean that people share that kind of information and really deep and painful things just willy-nilly and just share it with um, anybody or that it's in a, a full-on public setting, but that the church, the church should be a place that people think of coming to when they really need to unburden themselves, when they really are looking for help and support, when they finally have hit rock bottom, where do they go? Well, sadly, for so many people, the church is the last place they would go to because they're expecting judgment and rejection. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about the idea of the church minimizing uh, sin. There are churches, as you well know, there are churches that 
have swung so far in the direction of affirming all kinds of things that the Bible say are sin. They're not just caring for people who are hurting and meeting them where they're at, which I think is what we should be doing as a church. Uh, meeting people wherever they are at, I believe that's what Jesus did, but calling them out of those broken places. And yet so often churches are now, so-called progressive churches, are now not even inviting people out of their brokenness or calling people to genuine repentance, but really confirming and sealing them in their sinful condition. And I think that's just unbelievably tragic that the church of all places would be doing that. So, but the, the, one of the key themes that is um, going around in my mind that is, uh, that I often talk about when I'm speaking at churches and talking to leadership teams or doing online training is while we are talking about how we, how, how we as a church want to be that safe place, how we as a church want to embrace more of a of a teaching hospital model that people are coming in maybe in the, you know, spiritual, emotional ER and, and we're, we're helping them and, and pastors and Christian leaders are coming around uh, functioning as doctors and nurses and really helping to um, with their cooperation, really helping them to regain stability and a solid footing and surrender their lives to Jesus, or maybe resurrendering and recommitting their life to Christ and getting back on a good track again. Uh, what we need to be doing is raising those very same people up that we're helping that come into the ER to become the next generation of doctors and nurses so that there's this constant uh, growth through the discipleship process. There's this constant growth of, of new and younger people that are able to help those in any generation uh, in the world who are wrestling and struggling and that God is calling out of darkness into his marvelous light. But one of the things that gets in the way of that, and this comes back to the core of what's on my heart uh, that we have to address, is is the gossip issue within the church, and and the 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 loose tongues that we oftentimes have in talking about other people's issues. In my former church that I was on staff with for twelve years in New York, and had the privilege of coming to that church. Uh, and and finding such help and support when I was in the midst of of deep deep addiction and uh, just weighed down with so many uh, burdens and sins, and and this place was um, a safe refuge for me. And one of the things that this church talked about is the difference between being transparent, which is about being willing to talk about my own stuff, which is so critical. Transparency, vulnerability. The difference between transparency and translucency. And uh, in, a, in a spiritual sense, translucency uh, is, has kind of been co-opted as the phrase that is used for being for running our mouths about other people's issues, being quote unquote transparent, but not about my stuff, about somebody else's stuff, which of course is just a modern day version of gossip. And we have to be willing, those of you listening, watching this podcast, we have to be willing to lead the way in repenting of the times for the times that that we have gossiped. I remember when I was young and um not a believer. I was I was in a church setting. I grew up in a Christian home, but had never really surrendered my heart to Christ. I didn't surrender my my life to Christ until my my uh, 20 probably 23 years of age or so. And I just remember that there were times when in my boredom, in my um curiosity, in my um really in in a, in a lot of kind of uh evil desire to sort of spread strife and and finding that sort of interesting 
uh, I remember as a as a teenager even uh, finding things that were theologically different different beliefs within our church tongues for example being one of them and that was a very hot topic in in kind of more conservative uh, like you know Baptist churches or or places that didn't believe and in, in um, all the gifts of the spirit and 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 finding those who did believe in that kind of thing and beginning to uh, so, so seeds, uh, with others in the church about those people. And I, I didn't connect it at the time. I mean, I look back and I'm ashamed of some of the ways that I was involved in conversations that had nothing to do. They were not about caring for anybody. I, I know that I wasn't intentionally being malicious or wanting to harm people or tear them down, but I was in, in my lack of direction in my own struggle with sin and addiction at the time of there was a lot going on with me with, with regard to pornography and this kind of stuff and just living in sort of a Christian culture. But my, again, my, my heart being still very dark and, and, and having a form of religion, but not the real thing. I was just caught up in some of the running my mouth and some of the gossip that was so prevalent. And, and there were plenty of others doing the same thing in the church that I was going to, even as a small little kind of country church. My point in saying all of this is that we can find ourselves in situations where we honestly have um, have been foolish and have allowed ourselves to kind of there, there is a kind of intrigue there is a kind of draw that can happen uh, for us and getting um, you know being an inquiring mind sticking our nose into other people's business and then communicating that in some fashion, sort of being in the know in a way. And sometimes, honestly, frankly, in the church that I grew up in, there were times when I think even the the so-called prayer team or the prayer chain or what have you, when there would be different events that would happen and and different people would call one another and, and, and pass along uh, the prayer request. Well, that's a very good idea. And that was oftentimes used for a very good thing. But I also know there were times that there were things being passed along that were actually uh, private and um, potentially damaging to those other people. And it wasn't so much about prayer. It was more about gossip. And so I just want to hone in on this. I oftentimes reference Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, which starts off by saying that there are six things that God hates, seven that are an abomination to him. And, and there are several things on that list. It would be good to go back and look at that again, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, there are a number of things on that list that I think that we as Christians can still wrestle with. And I think one of the most dominant ones is the last area of that list. It says, those who spread strife amongst the brethren. We have to take seriously that God hates, hates, and it is an abomination to him when we are running our mouths about other people. And in fact, there, so there's Proverbs, um, uh, there's Proverbs uh, 6, 16 through 19, as I just referenced, but there's also a couple of other passages I want to look at to, to talk specifically about this issue of not caring well for one another through the way that we run our mouths and gossip and just some other, some other kind of backbiting um, and relational issues of brokenness. And, and as we move into 2024, as, as we begin this year, it would be good for us. It's been good for me. It's been good for our family to really think about how are we being for, how are we functioning in a manner of being for others and, and walking with them, not, not in covering up sin, but 
walking with others in a way that really invites them into this deeper life with Christ and also protects and preserves them, that, that protects and preserves the church as feeling like a safe place to uh, to come to and to work out our struggles and our issues. So Paul is talking, writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, and he says this to them, for I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want to, uh, to find you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I mean, that is quite a list. That is quite a list that really uh, all of those things uh, break down the the bond that God desires for us to have in deep, affectionate, well-connected relationship. And one of the primary uh, culprits in that list is gossip. So God despises gossip, and we as Christians have to be careful that while there there are times that um, issues need to be escalated. For example, we run a group where people actually sign confidentiality forms that they're not going to run their mouths about what other people share in their group. They're not going to talk about what is even shared in the teaching time because you know, like there's stuff that that is that I share or Melissa shares, other teachers share. Some of it is public, and then there may be some other things that we're kind of God's working out in our lives very much in real time that's kind of coming out through that teaching. And and so we need as as people who are as leaders, for sure, as pastors and leaders, but also as ones that are just walking uh, this, this faith journey, we need to honor and respect one another's confidentiality and, and right to be the one who shares their own information. Now, there are times that even in that kind of a group, there are times when uh, confidentiality is something that that we do, we quote unquote break. And, and here's the reason why. If there was a communication of a plan to do harm to themselves or to somebody else, okay, that's something that we need to escalate. That's something where we need to, um, and, and they even understand that in the confidentiality form that they they sign, that, that those kind of issues would be outside the purview of of maintaining confidentiality. But beyond those couple of things, where where somebody else could be harmed, where maybe a, a, a child could be harmed or is being harmed or someone else is being harmed or they're planning harm to themselves. Beyond those things, all the other stuff, we need to maintain confidentiality and confidence with them. And then um, Paul also goes on in, in Ephesians or in another book here in Ephesians 4, uh, 29 and says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need. Gossip never builds anyone up. Gossip never meets anyone's needs. It only functions as tearing down and establishing a sense of mistrust. Our churches are full of mistrust. Let me just ask you, as you're listening or watching this podcast, I want to ask you personally, do you deeply and fully trust the environment of your church? Now, that may not be a reflection of the people in your church at all. That may be a reflection of something that you experienced 20 years ago, 50 years ago, uh, five years ago, uh, by some other Christian or by some other church. But the point is, is that when we do not honor and respect one another enough to maintain confidentiality and build a, a sense of deep trust within the body of Christ, it ruins it for everyone. Now, we still have a responsibility. James 5.16 calls us, says this, 
uh, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you might be healed. So we have a responsibility and a, and a command to dictate uh, through the scriptures that we must confess our sins to one another. And I think along with confessing our sins, we need to be known by one another. First John 1, 7 talks about that. This idea of walking the light as God is in the light and us having fellowship with one another. And so in order for us to... Um, to function that way, I believe we, to walk in the light, we need to be willing to confess our sins, but also our areas of, of wounds, the, 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 the painful things that have happened to us in the past, things done to us, things that we selves, ourselves have been involved in. There's, there's a need to be fully known so that we can actually be fully loved in the body of Christ. And that's on us. The truth is I had lots of reasons for trust issues. The truth is you probably, everybody listening to this, watching this, you probably have lots of different reasons for trust issues within the church. That doesn't let you off the hook or let me off the hook from obeying the scriptures and finding people that I can confess my sins to, that I can live in a rhythm of confession. Before our group last night or that yesterday afternoon uh, that meets weekly, we were confessing as leaders, confessing our sins, praying our sins out, and and binding those things to the cross so that we could go into our uh, group time uh, with clean hands and a pure heart. And so it's this rhythm of confession is so important, and it it is on us, regardless of our own trust issues, to work through those things and to find some whole enough, safe enough brothers or sisters that we can bear our sins to and 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 be prayed for so that we can experience healing. Um, so that is our responsibility, but also part of what's part of our responsibility is that we need to making sh make sure that we're creating an environment or helping to form an environment in the church where others feel that sense of safety as well. They're feeling a sense that there are some that they can talk to about their brokenness that they wouldn't talk with anybody else about. And, and so really critical that we embrace what um, Paul has is, is writing to us. Again, let me just repeat. Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good for building others up. Wouldn't it be amazing, and, and I fail at this, but wouldn't it be amazing if, if we pressed into this more and more, and our goal for 2024, one of our goals for 2024 is, um, is that we would learn to maintain others' confidence more carefully that we would find our own band of brothers or band of sisters in which we will be willing to share our own stuff uh, more deeply, but rather than just coarse or um, worthless language constantly spewing out of our mouths, if we would be conscious of building one another up, not just sarcastically poking at each other because it's fun. Um, and, and yes, there is some fun in that. And, and especially when it's not mocking and there's this sense of enjoyment in that kind of relationship. But what about really building one another up? What about looking at one another and appreciating, uh, for me, for example, really appreciating a brother that's in my life and, and making sure he knows how much I appreciate him, how much I see the Lord working in his life, how much I admire him as a dad or I admire him as a husband um, or as a single guy um, battling to walk out uh, his sexuality with wholeness and integrity, those kinds of things. When we speak those things into people's lives, um, it, it is an encouragement and it needs to be um, something I, I think that we need that. I need people speaking that into my life. I, I know that I need to be speaking that into others' lives. And so this idea of building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen is how Paul uh, wraps up verse 29 there. 
And then um, I also want to read just uh, one other passage. There's all kinds of passages on gossip and on the tongue and those kinds of things. And we need to take these things seriously. We so often, so often in the church, gossip is something that is just sort of assumed that it's just going to be present. Well, it doesn't need to be, and it certainly should not be uh, present in the house of God or in the family of God. James one twenty six. I just, I mean, James just kind of, you know, punches you between the eyes over and over again uh, and, and doesn't mince words. But James says this, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Think about that. When we run our mouths about other people's business, I, I've heard the definition of gossip being, um, or uh, a busybody, being someone who uh, tries to get involved in a situation in which they are either not the problem to begin with, nor a part of the solution. So if, if, if I'm a part of the problem and I need to go and work something out with somebody or I need to ask their forgiveness or I need to, to communicate you know, something, some way that I've, I've potentially offended or what have you, definitely I should be involved. And I definitely I should take, uh, prayerfully take initiative in doing that. Um, and also, it, maybe, if I'm, maybe I'm a bystander. Maybe I'm somebody who sees something that's gone on or I've, I've, I've heard, you know, maybe even through gossip, I've heard something secondhand, but rather than running my mouth about that and continuing this chain of gossip, I'm going to prayerfully be a part of trying to help bring reconciliation to this situation. Well, that certainly is something that I can and should be involved in as well, as much as the Lord allows me to be and as much as the parties allow me to be. But beyond that, if I'm not um, part of the problem or part of the solution, I really need to stay out of that situation. And of course, not run my mouth about what I do know or what I might assume uh, to be true. We need to really, I believe, focus in 2024 and obviously the years that are following and all the years that, that, that lie before us, we need to be focusing on helping the church become that teaching hospital that has a sense when people are hurting and wrestling and struggling, a couple of things. They see by one means or another, they begin to see the love, the deep and genuine love that's there between brothers and sisters in Christ. And right now, I think, frankly, most churches have a pretty tepid connection. I mean, everybody's happy, you know, smiling and there's greeters at the door and there's all, and that's all great and fine that as it should be. But we have many people coming in with smiles plastered on their faces who inwardly are deeply hurting, inwardly are dealing with uh, tremendous addictions, tremendous struggles. And we need to become a, a place where they can, they can find help and support, where they have enough trust that they feel like I can open up and share with somebody. And as a result of that, over time, we can establish a core community in our churches where people who are who do not yet know Jesus, who may come in on a Sunday morning, somebody invites them in, and they come to a Sunday uh, situation, a, a, a teaching, and a, a Sunday morning event or some other event, and and they witness the hospital, the genuine hospitality, and the the depth of love that's there, not just the surfacey stuff, but the depth of love that's really there. And I believe biblically, that kind of love draws them. That kind of love everybody on the planet is looking for, 
And yet I don't believe that we as the church in the West, at least, really represent that kind of love very well. I think we have a long way to go in in demonstrating that kind of love. So so we want to establish that certainly in in 2024 and the years that follow within the church. But again, to to make um, to help the church be seen and experienced to be a genuinely safe place, we have to also be talking about the need for us to um, to repent of gossip. One of the things I remember when Melissa and I were traveling together and ministering together, I think our whole family was together for a summer ministry trip, and we were teaching on a Sunday uh, morning. And there was a there was a response time afterward, and people came up to us and the, the and the whole prayer team. There was a prayer team up there from the church, and people came forward and began to uh, to deal with some issues, you know, whether it's sexual brokenness or other things. But one of the things I hit in this particular message was this issue of gossip. Gossip, and I used the Proverbs six sixteen through nineteen passage to talk about it. And um, one of the most precious times that I remember. Of, of someone coming forward. I've heard lots of confessions of sexual sin. I've heard lots of confessions of, of unfaithfulness in marriages and things like that and getting back on track again and, and repenting. And, and those are beautiful. I, I love um, th- that people can come and unburden those things and can make things right with their, with their spouse and, and that there's forgiveness there when, when, when that does happen, and which often does. Um, it's a beautiful thing. But one of the most precious uh, times I remember is when Melissa and I were together and uh, an older lady, probably in her early 80s, maybe late 70s, came forward and she had tears running down her face. And I thought, oh, so often um, older women, uh, sometimes older guys will come forward and they'll they'll talk about uh, some, they'll say, you know, I've never told anyone this, but you talked about sexual sin. You've talked about sexual abuse of children. I was one of those children when I was such and such an age someone from my church or, or my dad or, or my uncle or somebody else or some neighborhood boy or sometimes girls abused me and sexually abused me. And it, and it went on for a period of time or it was a one-time event or whatever. We oftentimes hear those stories as well and just sharing this burden that's been a part of their, uh, their life for so long and, and just you know asking for prayer for that situation. But in this case, it wasn't that. In this case, she said, you talked about gossip. And I was so struck by how I've engaged in that for many years. And, and she was, it was, she had a hard time even talking. She was so tearful and so repentant about what she had, the way that she kind of lived her Christian life in many respects. And it was a beautiful thing to see somebody repent so thoroughly and be willing to confess that sin, which is oftentimes a pretty shameful thing to confess and should be. And, and she really received the Lord's forgiveness. She really received his cleansing by, by confessing that sin and wanting to making a commitment to break free of that sin. So my point in all of this is it is something that we can do. We need to not only as pastors and, and Christian leaders teaching and preaching on Sunday mornings, hit the, the kind of the big cultural topics around sex and identity. That's huge. I think it's very important we do that, but we also need to couple that with how do we help the church become a safe environment to be able to receive and walk alongside of people, many of them actually who are filling our our chairs already, filling our churches already, and then plenty of them who have not even yet come to faith, uh, or they have come to faith and they've wandered away because they've been um, so damaged by the church or uh, just feel like there's no place for them in the church. They can't work out these issues and they felt rejected by the church or whatever, whether that's true or not true, 
that that's the perception that they've had. How can we become a church that invites those kind of folks back in to really experience this depth that Jesus has for them, this healing? I was just sharing with somebody a few days ago. I don't even remember the context of the conversation. I've had so many, but I was just sharing with them, man, if you had known me back in the day when I was fresh out of uh, gay bars and adult bookstores and living a life of pursuing anonymous sexual encounters, which on the one hand I hated and I despised, but on the other hand, I just felt so addictively compelled to go in that direction. But if you've been around me during those seasons, those years of my life where I was in such a, a mess and an emotionally a mess, I was hard to handle. I mean, I was it was difficult to walk with me. I was sensitive about everything under the sun, the the slightest little possible offense. And, and in most cases, people weren't even being offensive, but I would still take offense to it. I was not easy to deal with or walk with. And I simply say that because there are so many people that are uh, that are going to be hard to walk with. They're going to be a challenge. That's why we often advocate not only we we don't advocate for the idea that you as as an individual, as a sister or brother in Christ, that you um, exclusively walk with people, but rather that you be a part of this. Again, you have your own band of brothers, your own band of sisters that you're doing life with. You're being real with. You're being poured into, and and these men, these women, uh, we together. We can handle more together when we're walking with somebody who's really broken than we can when it's just one of us trying to to manage all of this and trying to figure out how do I do this in a way that that's really helpful. And again, this is what the church is for. One of the one of the aspects of the church is for is that we have a place to invite people into where they can be they can begin to be um, really loved by others besides just ourselves exclusively and can develop relationships with other people. I love as a shepherd. Um, connecting someone that's that's really wrestling or struggling alongside someone who I know will be a, a good support for them and and that they have a good support base and that there's there's this shared uh, communal uh, walking together. I just think that's such a biblical concept. Uh, but again, one of the ways that we need to establish a foundation to build on and and not just for 2024 but beyond is, are we going to be in an environment that is truly safe and truly transformational? If we are, we have to be willing to root out and confess our sins of gossip. And, and maybe corporately, I'm not even treating gossip all that seriously. Maybe that's not true for, for some churches, but I think it probably is true for others. Let's make gossip something that is just as repulsive as what God says it is in Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19, this idea of him hating it and it's an abomination to him, this this spreading strife amongst the brethren. Let's name it for what it is. Let's deal with it. Let's repent of it. And let's uh, move forward together as the body of Christ in 2024 to lay a foundation of really making our churches safe and truly transformational environments that people have a desire to be a part of, that people within our churches already coming, maybe they've been there for years, decades of time, and yet they have um, walled themselves off. And again, I would ask you as you're listening or, um, or watching this podcast, where are you at with that? Have you, do you, are you a part of a church? And have you been a part of church, the church for a long time? And are you like so many people that I've talked to and where I've been before that, yeah, I'm going because I know what the Bible says about a church attendance and being a part of that. And I do receive uh, from it, but 
I'm I'm only going to let people know me to to a certain degree. There, no one's going to get too close to me. If that's where you're at, and that certainly is is where I've been, then and and also maybe that feeling of uh, of a lack of trust or that feeling that people are going to run their mouths about my stuff, so I'm not going to open up about that. I would just want to encourage you to become part of the solution, to become the kind of person that you want others to be for you, and that you can be a part of helping your church. And, and, and even talking with leadership about it, but helping your church uh, root out and deal with gossip. And again, what, what Paul was talking about that um, in Ephesians, that we would um, really separate ourselves from uh, the kind of language and the kind of use of our tongues that tear people down rather than building them up. So just something that I've been really thinking about and weighing in my own heart, doing some repenting on as well, and wanting to be more shored up in my own soul around some of these issues. But something I feel like God is certainly calling our our churches to, His body to, uh, in 2024, to be uh, shored up in these particular areas as He wants to draw just a flood. Do you realize that there there are going to be a flood of people? that have bought the lie of culture that freedom is LGBTQ, that freedom is sex on demand, that freedom is, you know, anything, any way that I, I want it, basically, when it comes to sexuality and relationships, that I'm just going to pursue this hedonistic uh, pursuit of pleasure. And the truth is that only leads to destruction. And we're seeing that more and more and more. Well, are we as a church going to get prepared and ready in our ER for people to come flooding through the doors. Well, it's going to be those that God is going to use most. Those churches that God will be able to use most are those who are going to scrub and prepare and get ready. And that means personal introspection for us as Christians. That means personal introspection corporately for uh, for our own churches. Is our environment in our church such that we are really ready to receive people in and deal with and walk with them in their brokenness in an open, transparent, vulnerable, and both loving and truthful way to see them experience genuine healing and genuine growth. God can do exponentially beyond anything that we can ask or imagine. I think somebody might have said something about that. Um, he can do exponentially beyond anything we can ask or imagine, but he needs churches and he needs Christians to get prepared in their own lives to to be to lead lives not of perfection but of integrity, and that churches would prepare as well. And so, this issue of gossip, this issue of of how we use our words and how we're building one another up, I think is such a critical thing for us to think about and pray um, earnestly about moving into twenty twenty four. So. We look forward to seeing you in a future podcast and meeting some of the guests that we're going to have there. I hope that uh, the holidays were amazing for you around Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. And I know, I hope that that's the case, but I also know for so many that holidays can be a really miserable time. There was a season in my life where that was the case as well. And so regardless of where you're at, I just want to encourage you, find a Bible-believing church, find a church that is not afraid of being vulnerable and real and 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 become again the kind of person that you want others to be for you and give yourself away in the kingdom of God give yourself away in 
in uh, the church that, that you find yourself in that is, again, a Bible-believing church, a church that wants to go deeper. If I were in a church that did not want to really walk with broken people and did not want to practice a, a, a deeper life of confession and sharing our lives together, I would be talking with the leadership of that church. First and foremost, I wouldn't just leave the church. I would be talking with them and really making sure of where they stand, seeing if I can be of help or encouragement or support so that we're, I, the pastors can't do everything. The, the, the church, the pastors are there for the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry. And so I would be talking with those leaders and seeing, is there some way that I can be a part of the solution for helping our church go deeper in in uh, relationship with one another and just beginning to open up those conversations and seeing what what the pastors are thinking and sensing around that the holy spirit may be moving in in their hearts in a way that that you're not even aware or maybe not expecting but if i hit a brick wall where there's just and i have a couple of times uh, well more than a couple of times but i've hit that brick wall with some churches and 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 the lord has moved me on from that church to another you know to other churches that were more open and really wanting this this deeper life of fellowship together this brotherhood and sisterhood and and walking in the light with one another and not living behind these thick walls of um image management and you know putting our quote unquote best foot forward and putting all the positive things out there about ourselves and keeping all the negative things in the background. No, we need to be bringing the the junk to the to the light as well, at least with a few and being known deeply. We need that band of brothers, need that band of sisters. So I would just encourage you to to press in, talk with your leadership, find out where they're at, see if you can be a part of the solution. And maybe you being a part of the solution is you getting equipped to start with, right? And uh, just see where they're at, see what the Holy Spirit might be moving on their hearts. But again, I hope you have an amazing beginning to uh, 2024. And if there's anything we as a ministry can do to help you, to help your leaders, put us in, in connection with your pastors, uh, with your Christian leaders, we would love to be a resource of encouragement for them. Bless you. We look forward to seeing you in a future podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this Love and Truth Network podcast. To listen to or watch future episodes, please check us out at loveandtruthnetwork.com forward slash podcast. Also, you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and we look forward to seeing you in a future episode.